los versículos 1 al 6. And I'll be reading primarily in English today, but you can follow along in your heart language as well. Um, uh, Job 42, verses 1 to 6. And today we're actually going to be finishing up our series on the book of Job uh, that we've been calling Blessed Be Your Name. So um, it'll be up on the projector right behind me, but um, you can follow along in your Bibles. And we have a Bible table over there too. If you don't have a Bible, that's our gift to you. Um, and, and it can guide your path and you can follow along um, on Sundays when we're here together. So the scripture will be from Job chapter 42, beginning at verse 1. And uh, let's hear with open ears and open heart from the word of God. Job chapter 42, beginning at verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted or messed up. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely, I spoke of things that I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you. But now... My eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. My ears had heard of you, but now, Lord, my eyes have seen you. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Because sometimes it's in our pain, in our challenges, in the disappointments where we hear you most. It's sometimes in the unexpected ways that we see you, Lord, face to face, in a way that sometimes we can easily forget when things are just going according to our plan rather than your plan. And so God, today, that's what we want to pray, that you would align us, Jesus, with your plan for our lives. Take the wheel, take the driver's seat, Lord. You're the only one who can really do it. You're the only one who can make a way. So God, would you do what you do, which is clear the path. And we will obey, we will follow, and we will trust. Because Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are faithful. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us today through your precious word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with someone when you feel that you are 100% convinced that you're right and the other person is wrong. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You even have a whole list of questions that you want to ask the other person because you can't believe what they're thinking. You can't believe what they've even done. You know, and, and I, I've been in that situation. And sometimes I've thought in the dream job, we talked about jobs, right, and dream situations. I think for me, yeah, I am living the dream as a pastor, of course, right? But in another life, I would love to be a detective, actually. 
a detective or an investigator or a private eye. That's something that I think has been, is kind of part of my gifting as well, just kind of figuring things down and breaking down complicated situations and things like that. But I've, I've geeked out and I've learned a lot of what investigators and detectives do to do their job. And one thing an investigator knows um, to do is to always check the motivation of a person. An investigator knows that a person thinking that they are right or convinced that they are right, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're right. Even though they're convinced of it, that's how they see it. No, other, no one else can convince them. But an investigator will always ask the right questions in order to get to the truth, in order to get to the right answer. A professional investigator will begin with asking two questions. They will always ask, why does this matter? Why does this matter to you? in the first place. And secondly, they will ask, what is your motivation? What is the motive here? And that's how they make sense of the rest of the puzzle. For several chapters in the book of Job, we actually see that there's this back and forth between God and Job. And they're really asking each other questions back and forth almost like a deep, intimate relationship, right? We only fight and argue with those that we love. And we actually see Job and God here going back and forth with questions and answers and why and respond and all of that. For several chapters, God asks many questions, Job asks many questions of God, but then we see God responds with a question for Job. And he actually gives a whole series of questions that seem very long and intense, but there's one question behind all of those questions that God is asking Job. And in our pain, in our challenges, we're confronted with the exact same question that God gives to Job. And that question is, is God enough for you? Is God enough for you? Job has all these questions he has for God. God turns around and asks him that one question. Am I enough for you? Job is asking why? Why this? Why me? Why that? And Job, God says, yes, I hear you, but am I enough for you? That's the same question for all of us in whatever we may be going through, whether we're younger, whether we're older, whether we're in a season of uncertainty, whether we're looking for that next path in our lives, God is asking us that question. Is God enough for you? Things, the tables have turned a little bit. The questioner, Job, is now being questioned by God. And throughout this series, we've seen that God is always close to us. That's something that we learn in, in the story of Job. God is always close to us, even in life's hardest moments, even in the hardest days that we're ever going to experience. God is always close, closer than you think. He's right there. But sometimes we can forget this truth, that God is always close. And we 
try to run away. Remember, our pain, our challenges always have an opportunity to bring us closer to God or to distract us, and we can run away from God. So as we finish this series together about Job and his amazing integrity and the deep faith that Job had in God, I want you all to be encouraged, que sean animados, be encouraged. Because at the heart of Job's story is one simple principle that you can apply in your own life, that you can apply in your own challenges, in your own pain. And that's this. You can begin applying it today. Job wanted God more than anything. Job wanted God more than anything. And Job wanting God more than anything is what led to his restoration, is what led to his peace of mind, to his lightness of heart. Now, even though they went back and forth with questions, it's okay to wrestle with God. It's okay to struggle with your faith. That's part of the journey. That's part of the process. But even though they went back and forth with the challenges and the questions and the responses, what sustains Job through his suffering is the fact that God is enough. God is enough. That's what restores Job. God is enough. Job trusted that God was enough. And that was true then, and that's true now. Just like we sang in that beautiful song, the same God, right? God is enough then, and God will always be enough now. He's the same God. Remember the opening verse in the book of Job, right? In Job chapter 1, verses uh, 22 to 23, we have it up here. We can put it up. But remember, Job just put it all into perspective here as he says, Naked I came into this world, meaning with nothing. With nothing I came into this world from my mother's womb. And naked with nothing shall I return back to God. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. God is enough. And it says here, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Job trusted God. It was this connection that Job had with God, this communion that he had, which Job wanted most of all. Even when he felt he lost everything, he had God, so he wasn't missing anything. Job wanted God most of all. And what was something that Job was doing? He was actively pursuing God. There's a difference, right, between being passive in our relationship with God and actively pursuing God. And that's part of what God is calling us to, to grow closer, to be redeemed, to be restored, to be renewed. Actively pursue God. When we're actively pursuing God, guess what's going to happen? We're going to renew our strength. When we actively pursue God, we're going to gain joy. When we actively pursue God, we're going to rest in our God-given purpose. When we actively pursue God, we will live in abiding peace, no matter what's going on around us. 
when we actively pursue God, we will be renewed. We will be restored in our purpose in any season that we're in. What's your attitude? What's your posture? Are you actively pursuing God? And I guarantee you, when you actively pursue God, you will see change in your life. It's that Matthew 6.33 promise. And I've shared this with you. This is one of my life verses. It's actually a verse I pray every single day, every single morning, oftentimes on my knees every morning. And it's this verse, which says, and this is our Lord Jesus talking, so we have to take this very seriously. It says, but seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All the peace, all the need, that hunger that you want fulfilled. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of this will be given to you as well. We can see Job's sense of relief after he receives a response from God. I love how Job puts it, and it's in, it's in that passage in, in um, chapter 42, verses 1 to 6. Job says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted or messed up. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? And this is what Job says, surely I spoke of things that I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. What is God up to in what feels like chaos sometimes in your life? Things too wonderful for you to know. Things that are beyond what you will even understand. You said, it keeps going here, listen now and I will speak. I will question you, says Job. And, and God's not offended by that, by the way. He's like, bring it on. Let's do it. Let's go into this deep together, right? And you shall answer me, says Job. But then Job concludes with this. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Wow. Somehow... Through the pain, through the challenge, through the setback, through the, the unknown, Job makes this realization. You know, before I had heard of you, God, but now my eyes have seen you. Now I have seen your reality, and I can never go back. Friends, brothers, sisters, I, I want you to hear this. Deep faith and real faith is tested faith. All deep faith, all real faith, has been tested faith. And that's where we go from just hearing about God to seeing the face of God. Pain and challenges, some people have called them before, they're the way that God gets our attention sometimes, right? Because sometimes when things are just going my way, what do we think? Oh yeah, my will be done. Look how great I am. But then when suddenly our will is blocked or something unexpected happens, we have ears to hear. We have eyes to see. 
pain and challenges are what gives us those ears to hear from God, just like Job did. What gives us eyes to see the Lord. Now, we all have things that we prioritize in our lives. And sometimes when we feel those things don't go our way, that's when we begin to question everything. That's when we begin to feel uncertain, to feel vulnerable, to feel insecure. We all have a list of top values that we submit to and we worship and that we feel pretty devastated by when they don't feel aligned or, or going according to plan. And I guarantee you this, we can all make a list of what those top things are, right? For us, for many of us, it's, it's, uh, it's work, it's relationships, it's family, it's money, it's, uh, it's calling, it's all that stuff, right? It's future. We can all make a list of those top things for us. But I guarantee you that those top things, if they're not God, those things are going to determine how you organize your life. They will determine what you submit to, what you say yes to, what you say no to. And sometimes God gives us these moments of clarity, these moments to wake up and to answer the question, is God enough for you? We all have spiritual journals. I don't know if you keep a journal or not, but I guarantee you, you have a spiritual journal. Our two spiritual journals are this, our schedule and our bank account. Those are two spiritual journals that tell us what we value the most in this life and what has the top values in our lives, how we organize our lives. Both will reveal our time and our treasure. Both will reveal the eternal truth that our Lord Jesus reminds us of when he tells us, and many of you remember this, right? When the Lord Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will also be your heart. We read it there, right? In Matthew chapter uh, 20, 24, it's um, there in, sorry, chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. And we can follow along with it. It says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy it and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Isn't it amazing how wise our Lord Jesus is? <laughs> It's like that's still 100%, not even 99%, that's still 100% true today. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And friends, brothers, sisters, over the next uh, couple of months, we're going to be having some very honest family conversations about our hearts and about our treasures as well. Because, and we have a slide for this too, if we could put it up. The Lord calls us and commands us to live generously. Not just to hoard, but to live generously. To invest of our time, our treasure, and our talents in the kingdom of God. And when we invest our time, our treasure, our talents in the kingdom of God, we will bear eternal fruit. And we will have an everlasting return on that investment as well. 
you know, some of you know a lot more about finances and, and wealth management than me, but I've learned a thing or two over the years from people that have had um, a lot more and have trained me and how to think in that kind of mentality, especially in terms of, of abundance rather than just in scarcity and in, in having enough rather than just lacking, right? But some of you know this, that abundance and wealth gets built up, how? Not by spending, not by overspending on everything that you want, right? Abundance and wealth also doesn't get built up by just saving, by just hoarding all that you have, right? But abundance and wealth gets built up by investing. And we are called to invest in non... We are called to not only invest in non-heavenly treasures, but to invest of our time, our treasures, and talents in heavenly treasures that God calls us to. Investing in heavenly treasures will be the most exciting thing we can possibly do. Yeah, it, might, it may not be that instant gratification when just investing in the worldly treasure that's right in front of us, right? We'll get the immediately, immediate gratification in that worldly treasure, but what's going to happen eventually? And I love how Jesus is so bottom line with it. The bottom line, what's going to happen with that worldly, pre, worldly treasure if it's not dedicated and committed to the Lord? It's eventually just going to collect dust. It's going to be forgotten. In fact, he says it's just going to collect moths. It's going to be bulldozed, destroyed, forgotten eventually. But together, as God's people, we are called to invest in the kingdom of God. We're called to invest in the kingdom of God. How? Through our local church, through this community, through giving generously, consistently, honestly, and cheerfully. Oftentimes we read the passage, right? God loves the cheerful giver. And over the next uh, month or so, we're going to be talking a little bit more on what that next step is for all of us. We're all on this journey together. Because here's the truth, and I, I also, as your pastor, as a, a friend on this journey, I want to be honest and vulnerable with you in this. And here's the bottom line. We need your help. We need your help as your church. For those that worship here in person, those online, it, the, it's the exact same thing. We need your help. I personally, as a pastor and leader and friend, I need your help for us to be able to move forward. We need us all to contribute with our time, with our treasures, and with our talents. Because we can't just coast. We can't just coast through life, and we um, can't just coast and expect others to do things, right? We're all in this together. We've been called into this together and if we don't plan for action, and we're, we are planning in this next month, in these next, before the end of the year, we're going to have a plan into the next year. But if we don't plan for action, if we just want to conform and coast, um, that's not going to be wise for us, to be 100% honest with you. In a year from now, we will be in a very challenging situation if we don't plan accordingly as a community. 
we'll be in a very uncertain financial situation in a year from now if we don't plan together accordingly. So what are we doing together? We are first beginning with prayer. We are praying for breakthrough. So in the month of October, we're going to spend that whole month praying together for breakthrough because we believe that God will provide as he always does. And we sincerely and lovingly, in the name of Jesus, we invite you to be part of this journey, to be a part of this adventure, to be part of God's solution here together. And in a a couple of weeks, I'll be writing a letter for all of us to be able to to read and pray and reflect through on how God would call you to be a part of that solution through through investing with your time, treasure, and talents together. And we can then follow up with myself and some leaders on how we can pray with you on that journey and how we can support you on that and we can continue to support each other. But this is a joyful invitation for all of us. And we're having a family conversation today, and we're going to continue to have that over the next couple of weeks and in the next month together as well, as we're building up the kingdom of God together here at Imago Church by giving of our time, of our treasures, and of our talents. And again, Jesus is being very practical, very honest here too, right? It's not just theoretical. Practically, practically this means giving of our time, Um, serving and hosting, being of service in some way. Jesus came not just to serve, not just to be served, but to serve. Giving of our treasures generously, learning to live generously, consistently with our tithes and our offerings, giving intentionally, giving consistently, and honestly also, right? No one's going to police you. No one's going to hover over you in this because where the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. But part of that freedom is to learn to live generously and to be able, right? There's the, the, the amount that the Lord uh, gives there of the tithe, the offering, the 10%. Honestly, maybe for some, that's a place you can start. For others, maybe you need to start somewhere else, but start somewhere and then take that next step in, in, in your generosity. And then finally, also being able to give of our talents. And really, we all have talents, we all have gifts, we all have abilities, but I've learned this as someone that's pretty um, into sports and pretty uh, fascinated by them. The number one ability is availability. That's the number one ability. That's the number one talent that we can all give. Being available in your consistency, in your presence. And I want you all to hear of this. Here in person, for those online, those here, those not here. I want you to hear this. Your presence matters. Your presence matters to God. It matters to this community. So part of the invitation, part of the goal together in this next year is that we would make it a goal to show up, to be present for the sake of others. Remember, your presence is not just about you. It's for your brothers and sisters. It's so they have a place to worship, to come together, to, uh, to lift up the name of the Lord. It's for the newcomer, the person that's never been a part of a church, to be able to come into something and to connect with the family of God.
So in this next year, that's going to be part of our, our goal together, that we would remember that our presence matters and that we would make it a goal for three-fourths of the time to show up, to be available, that it would be the norm for us to be here. And of course, we have to be able to take time, vacation, emergencies, sure. But the goal could be three-fourths of the time, we're here, we're worshiping, we're building up together what God is doing. Why does all this matter? Because of what the Lord Jesus says, right? For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And I know sometimes it's that thought, right? Oh, why does the pastor have to talk about these things, about finances, about time, about uh, serving and all of that? Why? Well, first of all, because Jesus started the conversation, right? And we're engaged in the conversation, but then also because how we spend our time, how we spend our resources, our treasures, our talents, our presence, those are all spiritual conversations. They're not just in this other realm. They impact every area of our life because where our treasure is, there our heart will also be. All of this begins with the heart. All of what God is doing and will do begins with the heart. Friend, brother, sister, have God be your heart. Have God be your treasure. And you will see the Lord be faithful beyond what you could imagine. You will see the Lord provide for you beyond what you could imagine. In fact, that's the one thing God never allows us to test him except in this. He says, give of, your, uh, give of your generosity, your tithes, your offerings, and I will return to you beyond what you could imagine. The Lord says, test me in this. And this year, that's part of what living by faith will look for us. To be generous and experience the generosity of God right back to us. Right now and through the month of October, we're, we're going to be all hands on deck praying into this, praying into God providing in incredible ways. Because here's the truth, and we have a slide for this. And you can write it down and keep it in your heart. We live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith and not by sight. And this year is going to be your year of God training us, training us to live by faith and not just by sight. So that's the call. That's the challenge. That's the invitation for us all together as a church body. So we've heard of the call. We've heard of the challenge. But now I want you to hear the promise and to hold on to this and pray into this whenever you feel uh, distracted or discouraged in your own situation or in this journey that we're all going through. Here's the promise of God. And, and uh, we have a slide for this. You can write, write it down. The Lord will provide. That's God's promise. The Lord will provide for us. And God is calling us to be a part of that solution. To actively pursue God in that solution. God has called us. No one else is going to do it for us. But we won't fear. Because the God that we worship is the God that provides. The God that we worship is a God 
who is enough. By grace, God looks at us, even in our season, in our situation. He looks at us, he looks at me and you, and he says, that's enough. I can work with that. I can work with those faithful hearts. I can work with those open hands and open minds. That is enough. And friends, I want you to hear this with whatever we may be wrestling with in our hearts and our minds. Until we realize that God is enough, only then will you be enough. Otherwise, we're going to try just looking for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and it's never going to satisfy. God sees us, and he says, that's enough. We'll work with that. God provided for Job, and God will provide for us. I believe it. We believe it with all of our hearts. It's the song that we sang and let it be our prayers. He's the same God then. He's the same God now. So we will live by faith, not by sight. We will not live in fear. We will live by faith that leads us to action. We will live, live by faith that leads us to trust and to an everlasting hope together. Because you can see how for Job, in the story, at the end, how much everything changed for him when he then listens and hears from God. He said, at one point before I heard of you, and now I actually see you. When you made a way where it seemed like there was no way, where you cleared light in my own shadow, in my own darkness. So together, as God's people, may we strive to be more like Job, Job, who is actually an echo, who points to our Lord Jesus. May we stand strong when the storms of this life come crashing down. When the winds blow in every single direction, may we remain firm because we have built our lives on Jesus Christ, on the rock, on the firm foundation, the one who doesn't move, even when everything else seems to come crashing down when everything else seems to be uncertain even when things are unclear ahead of us we will not be shaken we will not be moved because we trust in the same God that Job did who provided in all seasons in all times who restored who redeemed who renewed and as we conclude this series, I want you to hear this and write it down. And we have a slide for it too. About one of the main themes of Job. And it's this. Pain and challenges do happen to all people. Pain and challenges do happen to all people, including God's people. But let's remember this. Through the tears... Through the pain, through the setbacks, through the suffering, God is our Savior. And God is enough. God is our Savior, and God is enough. For Job and for our Lord Jesus, for Job, he lost everything, and God was enough. 
for our Lord Jesus on the cross, completely broken. And God was enough. No matter what happens, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, God is enough. I want that to become a part of you. May that be your prayer in the mornings, in the evenings, even when you don't know what else to say, you can pray, God is enough. Dios es suficiente. So back to the question, right? That God asks all of us, just like he asked Job in, in, in a different form. Is God enough for you today? When the world turns upside down, when it feels like everyone is against you, when tragedy and challenges come your way, God is enough. And that living truth will be enough to hold you, to sustain you, to carry you through, and to see you through any situation that this life may bring from this life into eternity. And I want us to remember this, that the Lord that we worship will provide everything we need. So that means that we already have everything we need. We have everything that is required to keep going. How? Why? Because God is enough. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we ourselves are not going to be the ones to figure it all out. But you make a way, Lord. Father, help us to see that you are enough for us. And even right where we are, we can pray that. We can pray, God, help me to see that you are enough for me. Help me to see that today. Help me to see that, Lord, every day. Help me to trust you and help me to follow you, Lord God. Help me to believe against all odds. Help me, Lord, to not just look at what's in front of me, but at what's beyond knowing that what you're up to right now in our lives individually, in the families here, in our church, is too wonderful for us to even speak or to know. And Lord, may we just remember that nothing is ever wasted, but you use it all for your purposes, for your glory. So God, even when we don't have any words, may we hold on to this eternal truth that you are more than enough, Jesus. And because you are enough, that is all that we need to press on, to trust, to be renewed, to be rebuilt, to be transformed. Thank you, Lord. Hear our prayer. And Lord, we thank you for those challenging moments of tested faith that has made us into people who live by faith, not by sight. Train us in that, Jesus. 
May your will, not ours, be done. We love you, we trust you, and we give you all of who we are today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.